here we are, we get to freely worship the Lord, uh, hear the preaching of the Word, and we just so easily get to have, I guess you could say, both our, our faith and our freedom. Because there, there are some countries around the world where you just can't have both. Like there's places around the world where it is too dangerous to be a gathering of Christian believers of this size. But here we are, and we get to, to come and to worship the Lord. So for me, whenever I, I come and, and share in churches around our country, I'm, um, I never want to take it for granted what we get to have here this morning. And, and I don't know how uh, easy you found it to, to get to church this morning, but there are some regions, regions in the world where it is so dangerous that no one knows where the next church service is going to be. And so to find church, you actually have to have a word of knowledge to know where everybody's going to meet up. Like you have to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit, like you have to depend on him so much to hear his voice, to know where there will be a gathering of believers all in the same place that you can go to church this morning. Um, I mean, this morning I uh, drove up and I saw this big sign out the front and it said Elam Christian Centre. And I was like, okay, well, I, I think I'm in the right place. And so, good, so we, we've made it here. But, uh, but man, I mean, you know, our brothers and sisters around the world just have to have this, this real in-tuneness with the Holy Spirit because, you know, you've got to know uh, who you can talk to, who you can't talk to, uh, which corner to walk around, and, uh, like, it, it's dangerous. You know, we are in the spiritual battle and for me, the persecuted church is, a, is, a, is an area, kind of our, our brothers and sisters, that really, for me, just highlight the spiritual battle that we're in. And so, um, oh man, I just love it when the Holy Spirit's here and he's speaking and he's moving. So my name's Mike Burrows. Um, I'm on team at, at Open Doors. And Open Doors um, helps people follow Jesus all over the world, no matter the cost. And so it's in the toughest places on earth for the gospel that we're there uh, standing with and supporting and strengthening and encouraging believers under persecution. And for the last seven years, I've, I've had this privilege of serving the persecuted church by raising awareness, uh, raising prayer support, raising financial support uh, for believers under persecution. But I've also been able to serve the Church of New Zealand by just sharing some of the, the stories and some of the lessons that we can learn from persecuted believers, believers who live under persecution, the, the underground church, because I'm talking about Christians who uh, suffer for their faith, perhaps being imprisoned or, or beaten or tortured simply because they're believers in Jesus Christ, yet through it all, their faith remains strong and intact. And, and I just think that they can be some of the, the greatest mentors for our faith. And so, um, you know, this morning, is there something that we can learn from them? And one, one thing that I love when I think about it, I, I realize that I'm actually sharing stories and testimonies of people, and they don't know that this morning I'm sharing their testimony in a country called New Zealand. And, and I just love how God actually multiplies our witness he multiplies our testimony. He multiplies our effectiveness. So I think, you know, um, seed that sell on the good soil, which is in our hearts as born-again believers, um, that you reap 30, 60, or 100 times what is sown. So that's for all of us. There's no zero. There's no going backwards. There's no nothing. So just realize you're at least 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold 
what was sown. And so just realize that you're making a difference today just through the life that you live. So you just got to remember that, man. We've got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And so um, the, the title of my message this morning is The Advocate. <laughs> the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. And I do want to read uh, John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. And it says this, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Just that, that last bit, um, do not be afraid. You know, if one thing the persecuted church tells us or shows us is, is not to be afraid of, of what is to come, because what they say is 90% of the time, what actually happens, um, that the fear of the thing happening is worse than the thing happening itself. And so I just think, you know, Matthew 6, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough trouble of its own. So, so just remember, you know, no matter what is ahead, just don't be afraid. <laughs> Trust God because you're better off that way. You know, just obey the Bible. Just don't be afraid. And because uh, you never know what's actually going to happen tomorrow. But I do want to share with you about um, Sarah, um, one, of our, one of our partners in Iran. So Sarah's husband was thrown into prison for his faith. And um, Sarah started to get a bit uh, afraid for her own safety. So her husband is in prison, and, and see, Sarah, she had grown up in a, a really well-off family, and so she, she enjoyed nice things, and, and she knew that the prisons in Iran uh, were, were just really bad places, dirty places, hard places to be in, and, and her husband's there, so she's praying for him, and, and, she's just, and she just prays, and she says, God, don't, don't test me beyond what I can bear. Lord, I pray that I won't go to prison. Three days after she prayed that prayer, she heard a knock on the door and her heart sunk and there's nowhere else she could go. So she opened the door and yes, it was the, the secret police, the religious police and they came and grabbed her, put a bag over her head, grabbed her and threw her into a jail cell simply because she's a, a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ. So the next day, she was due to appear uh, in the court before the, the high official to give an account of her faith. And that night, she became really fearful in her heart and, and in her spirit, and to the point where her, her stomach was in knots, and she couldn't sleep all night, and she was crying out to God, and she just was so afraid of what would happen to her. She, she didn't think that she would be able to, she, she didn't know what she would say um, in that courtroom. The next morning, the guards came, and, and they grabbed her, and they led her into the courtroom. As they led her into the courtroom, the, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon her. She stood up on the platform and said, Today is my privilege to tell you about Jesus Christ and the way of salvation. <laughs> and the high official, he stood up and he was furious. He, he said, You can't evangelize in my courtroom. Get out of my courtroom. 
And so they, they threw her out of the courtroom and threw her back into the jail cell. So now she's due to appear before him again tomorrow. And she's thinking, huh, I'm in even more trouble now. You know, I've, I've already upset this guy, and now I have to appear before him again. And, and she felt uh, fear uh, come into her heart again, just like a, a blanket coming over her. And she, she was getting afraid again. Again, she couldn't sleep that night. So she was praying all night. And then as she was led into the courtroom that next morning, Again, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon her. She stood up on the platform and said, Today it is my privilege to tell you about Jesus Christ and the way of salvation. And the, the man, this high official, again, he was like, You know, you can't do this in my courtroom. Get out of my courtroom. And they threw her out and threw her back into the cell. He just didn't know what to do with her. That night, she heard some footsteps coming toward her. And she looked up through the, the bars and saw this high official starting to walk towards her. And again, she started to get fearful. What, what's this guy going to do? And he came up to the, the prison bars and said to her, don't be afraid. Over the last two days, your testimony has impacted my heart. I need to know more about Jesus. Wow. Come on. <laughs> and so he opened the door. He went into her Sal sat with her for three hours and she shared with him the gospel, led him to Christ, and now he's a born-again believer. Wow. <laughs> and so now we have in Iran a high court official who is a Christian, a born-again believer in that whole court system. And, and he worked hard over the next few days to get her released. And so she is now free. Um, I still understand that her husband is still in prison. But um, man, the way that God can move on our behalf, you know, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Um, and he says to us, let's have a look at the verse. Let's see what, let's see what he says. <laughs> Matthew 10, 18 to 20. It says this. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. How cool is that? And, and I think that we can apply that to ourselves, to our own lives. It may not be that we're in like a courtroom type situation, but it could be that you're in front of uh, a whole a group of people or just one person, someone who, um, who doesn't like you, who does like you, who, whoever it might be. But you just need to trust that the Holy Spirit, he, he makes this promise that he will give us the words to say, don't worry, you know, I mean, don't worry. That's kind of like in, in the Bible, you know, like I said, Matthew 6. Don't worry about what to say beforehand. He will give you the words to say. And you know what I love about God and about the Holy Spirit? Sometimes it's not even what we say that makes a difference. It's just being there. It's just being you there in the right place at the right time under the obedience of God, just stepping out in faith, and then He'll just give you those words. And so uh, just be encouraged this morning that we don't have to worry about that, that He will empower us. He'll give us the words to say. So the Holy Spirit, He's our advocate, and He advocates on our behalf. But you know, at the same time, we advocate on behalf of God's kids as well. 
And so at Open Doors, what we do is we help to strengthen the church. And what we do is we simply ask believers under persecution, Christians like Sarah who might be in prison, or now she's out and it's like, so what can we do to help you? And we just say, what do you need? How can we help? And they'll say, well, we, we need Bibles. Can you get us Bibles? And, and we get Bibles into the hands of believers. And um, I mean, just the, I could tell you endless Bible stories. You know, like um, we had a, a friend come over from Europe. He's been a part of Open Doors about 40 years. He was talking about delivering a, a, um, a van load of Bibles into some Eastern European nation. Um, there came a point that was going along a, a, a narrow uh, country lane. And as he was, a soldier uh, suddenly stepped out from the bushes and held up his hand. It was obviously a, a check post to stop anything illegal coming into the country. But Ron said that as he slammed on the brakes because it was so sudden, the van swerved and a box of Bibles flew out from behind him out the driver's window and smacked the guard on the forehead and knocked him out on, on the road. And he just was like there like a, like a starfish, like blah, just on the road. And so, so Ron and his mate gets out of the van and check him, check his pulse like he's, he's still breathing get the box of Bibles, drag them across the road, and, and um, don't wait for them to wake up and continue on with the, with the Bible deliveries. And so, um, oh man, the number of people I talk to when they, you know, get Bibles across borders, you know, scanners, the guards, you know, um, or the uh, security turn their heads just at the right time and, and they go through, you know, God is interested in getting Bibles into the hands of, of his kids. And so um, we do uh, discipleship and leadership training because some of the pastoral issues are, well, my, my family's trying to kill me because I'm a Christian. What do I do? We help orphans and widows. We help families of martyrs. We, and, and we simply help the church to be the church in the toughest places on earth for the gospel. Um, our mission actually is not to, not to stop persecution, uh, not to stop the, the things that, that happen in the world that, that come against uh, God's kids because, you know, persecution has actually always been there right from the beginning. I mean, even Cain and Abel, you know, like um, Abel was killed because he offered God a better sacrifice than what Cain did. And so, you know, and you go through the, the prophets and the early church and the, the church of today. But in fact, you, you, could, you could potentially stop persecution all you have to do is tell Christians to stop sharing their faith, stop reaching out in love, stop being salt and light in their communities. If they hold the gospel to themselves, well, then persecution will be greatly minimized. And I just think, man, you know, this is when they get into trouble, yet still they reach out. And I think, you know what? Sometimes we can be the underground church in New Zealand, not sharing our, our faith. You know, no one knows we're a, a Christian. Um, but, you know, what an amazing witness that is to us, you know, to encourage us to share our faith with, with those around us. So, um, so one thing we do every year is we produce uh, what we call the World Watch List or the World Watch Map. And it's the top 50 countries uh, where persecution is the most severe. So we rank countries out of, um, uh, out of 50, and well, out of 65, and we publish the top 50 countries. So the, the worst place in the world you can be today, if you are a Christian, is Afghanistan. 
And um, today, or this year, 2022, is the first time that Afghanistan has been number one and has been since the Taliban takeover. Uh, we know Christians who are on, a, uh, on hit lists uh, in Afghanistan, yet they choose to stay, to, to simply be, um, you know, to, to build the church in, that, in the, the country that they're called to, to be in. North Korea has been number one for over 20 years, but, um, but that actually got superseded this year. Interestingly, though, in terms of persecution points, uh, North Korea scored one point higher this year uh, than it did last year, um, but Afghanistan scored two points higher. So uh, North Korea is still such a dangerous place to be if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. In fact, I uh, heard a quote from a North Korean believer, and he said, When I became a Christian, I made a decision that one day I will die for Christ. Then he said, Every believer in North Korea has made that decision. So I wonder how many of us would be sitting here today, would be Christians today, if it was the case in New Zealand, the more likely than not you'll be killed for your faith before reaching old age. I mean, the, the Bible says that to, to find life, you've got to lose it. Uh, and if you lose your life, then you'll find it. And, you know, sometimes I think we forget that the real tension. I mean, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he doesn't care. But Jesus Christ has come that we might have life and, and life abundantly. So that there's this battle going on. And, you know, North Korea is a country that we can pray for. We know there's about 50,000 believers in labor camps in North Korea. And that's a, that's a dead-end place. That you're not getting out of those camps. Um, there's a, a, another, um, they have this saying in North Korea. They say, when, when three of us gather together, one of us is a spy and will report us to the government. So, so you, you can't even trust two other Christians uh, to, to be together. So, you know, just such control in that country. So, you know, this is the real tension that people have in terms of stepping into the, the kingdom of, of light, stepping into the, the family of, of God. But I did want to um, share with you... Um, uh, just about Nigeria, because uh, just before COVID, before that happened, my wife um, went on an open doors trip to Nigeria, to, to northern Nigeria. And three weeks before, um, in the region where she was going to visit, actually some Westerners had been kidnapped uh, in that region. And so, like, it was, it was kind of dangerous. And, and I was just saying to, to Anne, I, I said, love, you know, um, just don't get killed, you know, <laughs> just don't die, please. <laughs> and, and in fact, um, we, we hadn't got our will sorted out, and so it kind of prompted us to, to get our will sorted out. You know, this kid gets that, and, and that gets that. And, and even to the point where we got to the airport, uh, Wellington Airport, and we hadn't quite got witnesses yet, so we had some friends who were helping to see us off. And so we said, this sounds a bit weird, but can you sign this, this document here just as our witnesses for our will? And then that's all sorted, and... Um, and so, I don't know, sometimes you, you might say to someone, um, you know, as a throwaway comment, you know, don't get yourself killed, you know, going on a bike or something or whatever it might be. This was like, literally, love, can you please come back? And, and, she, and she came back. Thank you, Jesus. Um, she, she came back. The whole team came back. They were okay. Um, 
I mean, the, the Open Doors trips, actually, we, we do make sure that it is very safe uh, for those who are hosting us on the ground. Yes, it is the underground church, and that's why plans can change in an instant. Um, we just had some uh, team go to Colombia, and um, they went into a, a church, and then they were told, you can't leave this church for another 25 minutes. And they're like, oh, why is that? They said, oh, because um, in this region, the, the drug cartels set up these temporary borders, and if you go past the border twice, well, then you get killed, you get shot. Um, so we have to stay here. We just hold out here for 25 minutes, then, then we should be okay to go. Um, and so, you know, th these are just places in the world where, where people live. Um, I mean, you can go into the, 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 the bush in New Zealand and not even get bitten by a snake. You know, it's just so, it's so easy and comfortable here. Um, but anyway, Anne went to, to go and visit um, a, a safe house, well, a couple of safe houses in northern Nigeria. And uh, these safe houses are um, uh, in particular for Christians who have converted from their family faith and, and become Christians. So, you know, often thrown out of their, their family, their family wants to try and kill them. So we've got these safe houses and no one knows where they are. Um, and the problem is that, that people try and infiltrate these safe houses, try and find out where they are, you know, try and pretend to be a Christian, come in, oh, here's where all the Christians are, and then, you know, shoot them all. So um, uh, Anne got to, to go and visit one of these safe houses, and they've got this, um, this saying, uh, oh, well, we disciple people from the cradle to the grave, you know, from when they become a Christian to when they die. It could be a, a short period of time, um, but we, we just are committed to discipling our people. So our partner who uh, runs this particular safe house, he, he was sharing about a, a, a guy who came to talk to him who wanted uh, refuge in his safe house. He said, I've just become a Christian. Uh, can you please take me in? And the, um, our, our partner, he felt like something was off about this guy and he, and he didn't want to trust him. But the Holy Spirit said to him, uh, welcome, him, welcome him in to, to the safe house. And, you know, this, this is uh, the Holy Spirit. You know, this is us walking with just hearing, trying to hear the Holy Spirit. So reluctantly, but he knew, he knew the, the word of the Lord. And so he welcomed this guy into the safe house. And so um, he, he was in the safe house for a, a couple of months. And what they do, one of the things they do, they're always praying together every day, but every Friday they fast for a day, um, and then they have an all-night prayer meeting every uh, Friday night, and just a part of the discipleship process. And, uh, and then there was this one Friday night where this guy who had come in, uh, he just broke into tears on, on the floor, and, and he started to, to repent uh, on the floor in, in the safe house. And... Um, uh, and, and then he got up and, and he just uh, confessed to, um, to our partner and to the leadership team. He said, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm actually running from the government. Uh, I've killed uh, over 100 people. And he, and he lifted up his shirt and, he, and all the battle wounds, bullet hole, you know, scars and knife wounds and that kind of thing. And he said, I, I was coming in here and my intention was to kill all of you. Um, but, but as we're doing our discipleship, I thought, oh, you know, I'll just hang out here for a bit longer and a bit longer. And then the Holy Spirit convicted him on this Friday night and, and just blitzed him. And then he came and repented. Uh, they, they led him to Christ. They baptized him. And now he's a, a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. So let's give the Lord another praise offering for, for that.
Um, and so, um, oh man, uh, you know, what, what God does, you know, is just kind of listening to the Holy Spirit. I, I was, uh, mentioned it to uh, Pastor Tom before that we, we have these feeding lines as well in North Nigeria, and uh, sometimes uh, there'll be suicide bombers that come and join the, the lines, try and get to the front so that they can blow people up when they're there. And, uh, and so they, they have these people with a particular gift of discernment to, um, to, to pick out who are the suicide bombers because you can't see underneath what they're wearing and uh, just draw them out and try and talk them down. And so, um, I mean, it's just full on. This is, this is where, um, you know, life and death is just such a thin veil. I mean, it really is uh, a thin veil. That's why, I mean, we, we've got to realize ourselves that we're actually living for something bigger than ourselves. I mean, you know, all of us, we're, we're living with, with a call of God in our heart, on our life. This world is temporary anyway, and we just need a... Man, Psalm 68, I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And we just, I feel like we need to carry that with us. Um, you know, quite often uh, people are saved. You know, quite often people, you know, God brings some sort of miraculous deliverance. Other times people are killed. Um, you may have remembered just a bit earlier uh, this month on Sunday, June the 5th, on Pentecost Sunday, actually, Pentecost Sunday in southwest Nigeria, there was an attack uh, on a church and um, these extremists killed over 50 people, uh, including children, on, on this Sunday service. They all came in with guns and started shooting the place up and they shot people dead, they set off explosives and they actually kidnapped several believers as well. Um, and I was trying to find out, last I heard, I, I haven't heard of any of those ones being released uh, so we don't know where they are. So, you know, currently uh, there are these, these Christian leaders who've, um, who've been kidnapped. And, you know, there's, there's families and, you know, they might be the only one left or their kids, they, they've lost their parents. Um, I mean, what do you do a few Sundays' time? Do you come back to church, you know, gather together like we, we are right now? Um, why don't we just uh, take a moment just to pray for this church family? You know, here we are. Um, let's, let's just pray. Heavenly, Heavenly Father, we, we lift up to you this church family in, in southwest Nigeria. Lord God, I pray that your peace would settle on them. Lord, we pray for um, even just that we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. We pray that, that your presence would be there. They'd, they'd know your joy that um, just doesn't make sense, but there you are with them. Lord, I pray that you would give them strength to, to stand and to, to keep going. We pray that you would heal the trauma in Jesus' name. Lord, that they would look to you, that, that their faith would be built stronger in Jesus' name. Lord, comfort them. Comfort those families. Lord, may families reach out to each other and, and may they be a strength to one another in Jesus' name, really showing the love of Christ to each other. God, for, for those ones who are uh, uh, detained right now, who have been kidnapped, who are in a dangerous situation, Lord, we pray for deliverance, for, for freedom, for release. Lord, we pray that, uh, that they would know that even right now someone is praying for them. Lord, we, we do pray that they would uh, sense your presence and know your leading. Lord, give them the words to say. Lord, give them that wisdom and understanding. And we pray, Lord, that they would stay strong to the end. 
So, Lord, we give, we give that, uh, that church, those people, all those involved up to you, and we just know your hand of covering and protection and blessing is around them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Um, I mean, what makes that attack so significant, actually, is um, in Nigeria, you have North Nigeria and South Nigeria. And in the north, uh, that's actually where we get the most Christian martyrs every year, every calendar year. Um, North Nigeria, it's um, Boko Haram, the Fulani herdsmen. There's a few um, people that, that kill Christians up there. In the south, you've actually got some of the biggest churches in the world like mega, mega churches, bigger than churches in the States and, and that kind of thing. And so you got, you know, it's a country of two halves, um, but this attack was in the South. And so it just makes it a, a bit more of a um, significant attack. Um, I did have just one more story I wanted to share with you, one I've just heard um, just in the last uh, couple of weeks. And um, this is of uh, one of our partners, uh, Min. And... Um, he, he recounts how he had this dream, um, and he had this dream at 5 a.m., and uh, so this was, this was before he was a, a Christian, and um, so in, in Iran, and he said that he had this dream, and, and in this dream there was this man in white, and th this is quite common. You hear this all the time, you know, across the, the Middle East, uh, especially in the last five, ten years um, that God is really visiting the, these people in dreams. So he saw this man in white, and the, the man in white uh, uh, had these two pieces of white paper uh, in his hands, and he handed them to Amin, and then Amin turned around and then gave one to his mother and one to his daughter. And then he woke up, and, and that was just his dream. So that morning, um, when he got down to, uh, into the, the kitchen and was just talking to um, his, his mother and his daughter, um, uh, that they would, the, the two of them were talking about Jesus. And he said, what are you doing talking about Jesus? And the mother said, oh, well, well um, I had this dream, and, and your, your daughter had this dream this morning, and we dreamed that there was this man in white, and then there was you, and you had two pieces of paper in your hand. You turned around and gave us a piece of paper each. And so here you have these three people having collectively the same dream at the same time. He said, what time was that? They said, 5 a.m. So they're having the same dream at the same time in, in their house. And so they're kind of wondering what this might mean. I mean, they have, you know, they, they don't even, you know, don't want to be Christians at all. Um, and so, um, so they're talking about this dream. And then uh, that morning, later on that morning, their cleaner came into the house and, uh, and started having a conversation. And, and he brought up the name Jesus. And Amin said, why are you talking to me about Jesus? And he said, well, uh, this morning uh, I heard God speak to me and it was the audible word of God. So God actually physically spoke to me and said to me, I want you to give Amen your Bible this morning. And he put his Bible on the table and he said to Amen, I've been carrying this Bible in my pocket with me for the last three years as I've been cleaning your house. And this morning God told me to give, me, to, to give you my Bible. And Amin said, what time did he talk to you? And he said, 5 a.m. this morning. <laughs> and so, 
And so Amin became a Christian, and so did his, his family. And, um, and so that was actually years ago. Now Amin and his family live in Australia, and they have planted five churches in Australia. And so um, they are pastors over there, and we're hoping to get um, him to, to do what we call Open Doors Live um, events and just have him speak and share his testimony. And, and he's, he's got, you know, uh, a, a bigger testimony than that. That's, that's just kind of a, a snippet. And so, you know, God is, is moving, you know, and it's amazing when God um, just brings people into our country um, just to be able to, to minister with what they have to be able to offer to us, which is awesome. So, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, um, He is our advocate. You know, He helps and strengthens and empowers us. And, and He then in turn says, well, will you help and strengthen and empower and advocate for um, your wider church family, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ? And this morning, this is really just a family talk. <laughs> it's just talking about uh, our wider church family. And so this morning, uh, I just wanted to offer an opportunity for us. You know, this is some of the things that we do. And, you know, there are ways that you can partner with us. Uh, we can pray. We can, we can give. And I, I think of Jesus, how there was a point when he was carrying the cross, how he stumbled and fell, and, and he couldn't uh, any longer carry the full weight of the cross. And then the, the soldiers, they, they got Simon to come along and help carry the cross of Jesus for him and with him. And, and I just think of, you know, the, the weight of the cross on our brothers and sisters in Christ is so heavy. You know, can we come alongside and help to bear and carry the weight of their cross that they carry? And some of the ways that we can carry the weight of, of their burden is... Um, well, $7 for a start teaches a child about Jesus. And I'm, I'm talking about, um, I know that the kids are out there um, this morning. And, you know, we've got uh, partners who choose to disciple children where they could go to prison for doing so, yet they still choose to do that. Um, $10 helps to disciple a young person. $20 will get a Bible into the hands of a believer. $50 will feed a family for a month during COVID-19. $100 helps to rebuild churches. And so these are just some of the things that, that we can do from here along with Pray. And so um, out the back, I've got a stand and I've got a, um, just a flyer you can take. It's got a QR code which jumps you to our website. And so if you did want to partner with us in that way, I'd love you to do that. So, uh, so you can just go out to the stand. love to have a conversation with you at the end as well. And, um, and just to share with you a bit more about what we do. So, um, but what we can do also is we can pray. And, and we've already prayed. I've just got this verse, Psalm 16:8, which says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so this is something that we can do just on this regular basis. And, and on our um, on our website, you can also uh, request our daily prayer guide as well. And uh, we can send that to you. And, and people, it's just people praying at the same thing at the same time. And so uh, take that. We've got also some other things, postcards with stories on. Uh, you can take those too. Um, but you know what? For, for us to, to give and to overflow, we ourselves need to be filled first. You know, we get filled so that we can be people who are always ready, who can always overflow. So um, I just want to provide an opportunity just at the end here to, to just pray and release the Spirit of God uh, for us to, to be filled.